0: perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 15th of March 2021, and it's with Hope Weaver. Now Hope and I spoke about her early stages of travel, how that love and curiosity for wanting to explore the world led her to conquer all seven continents under the age of 30. In fact she embarked on a boat to Antarctica a day before her 27th birthday to complete this journey. Plus we talked about what's ahead for her as she's got a very important period in her life coming up. Thank you very much for coming on Hope, I really appreciate your time, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great as well. I've known you for four years now. We met in Morocco and we actually traveled. And it's not many people I've spoken to on my show that I've actually traveled with. So um, it's been a long time though, hasn't it, since we last saw each other?
1: Yes, it has. So much has changed in that time. I can't believe it's been four years, but also the amount that life's changed in these four years.
0: I said four years. Coming up four and a half years. T- 2021 now. Um, it's been... Bit of a strange 2020 what was it like for yourself creatively and actually i remember you did actually get to travel um early on in the year
1: i traveled in january i went to antarctica patagonia and rio de janeiro and then i came home and the next week quarantine started and they told us to go home so i had kind of a big trip right before so it got it all out of my system so i could sit for the year
0: I think it was slightly different in Europe. We were able to travel responsibly, of course. Uh, I know in the States, I don't think many places, I think you did have places in the Caribbeans that you could have gone to. It's like Costa Rica, maybe Central America as well. But I think with the way things were, a lot of people weren't traveling. And for you to get that in early in 2020 was, uh, at least you can say that you, because I, I, I was worried that, So I've been traveling now for every year for the last 10 years that 2020 was going to be a year it's going to be a gap year uh, but i did manage to get away eventually but uh, <laughs> so I, I can say now yeah it's been consecutive for the last 10 years i've gone gone somewhere at least and can you just tell me your love for travel the early stages where it came from because uh, you're based in just explain where you're based as well
1: i'm based in pennsylvania now i live in philadelphia i grew up in lancaster county which Um, If you're familiar with Lancaster County at all, it's kind of home of where the Amish live. I was not Amish, but I lived among like a very conservative area. Um, People didn't really travel that much. So it was very different to travel. Um, People just tended to kind of keep to themselves and stay in Lancaster. Now it's a little bit different. I think a lot more people travel in that area. Um, But my parents always loved traveling as well. So my dad did I like a few months in Israel and traveled kind of before he had us he went to England a few times and he really encouraged me to travel so I think it was in high school I took a few trips one summer I went to St. Croix I went to Bermuda and I I think I went to Jamaica as well. So just a few kind of local trips and really started to love it. And then once I got into college, I started um, traveling every chance I could. So I did one semester where we went to 13 different countries and it was kind of like a, you learned about businesses and you learned about the economics of other countries and the political um, impacts of those countries and how kind of trade worked with them. So we went to Like Russia, we went to China, we went to India, we went all over Europe. So that was really kind of the start of it.
0: Growing up in Pennsylvania, uh, as you were just saying, you're not Amish yourself, but it's an Amish town in Lancaster. Uh, With, I guess, when you were traveling, what were your friends saying? You know, Uh, were they like, oh, my God, she's getting away. Is she not going to settle down on things like that? Did you get those sort of questioning?
1: Sometimes um I think a lot of people just didn't understand why I wanted to travel. I got the question quite often of, Oh, are you trying to find yourself? Um, like like the, oh the, the a lot of people went through these stages where they would travel for like a month doing like a missions trip and they would come back and they'd be like, Oh, I'm so changed. And that was never really my thing. I like I wasn't going to find myself. I kind of knew who I was, but it changes your perspective on life. So I always um, kind of hated that question, but I got it quite a bit. With people trying to think that I'm trying to get this enlightenment that um, I wasn't necessarily seeking.
0: You've actually lived in a couple of different countries, haven't you? So Australia is one of them, and England is another one. Uh, and you, was it for studying, or was it generally you were heading out there um, as for gap years?
1: Oh, England was a study abroad program. So we went there a few months and did classes over there. So I don't know if it's common where uh, in England, but in the United States, it's common that people do like a semester abroad. So that was England, and that was the semester before the semester of the 13 countries. So kind of those two together. Was um, I was just traveling for almost a whole year in college and in the United States, since college is so expensive, it actually was cheaper to go abroad and do a semester abroad than it was to do your semester in the United States. So they would give us a stipend every week of I think it was like two hundred dollars because it was that much of a deficit. So we would use that money and just go on weekend trips because it's so cheap to travel over there. So we would go to Barcelona. um, I think I went to Italy, France, like different places. So that was really fun to be able to do even more traveling with the same amount that I would pay for college in the United States, and then. Australia was right after I graduated. I just, um, instead of going right to working, I took, I think, a few months. I think it was like six months off. And so I did Australia, I did Southeast Asia, and then I came home. I got a job and they said it was going to be another month until I started. So that's when I went to Morocco um, to just get one more trip in before I started working. But in the United States, it's... Not common to do a gap year.
0: I know you said you weren't going out to find yourself. What do you travel for? What's the, I guess your what's the meaning behind your travel?
1: Love seeing how people think and how their environment affects that. Um, so in college, I did a lot of studying on economics and marketing. So kind of how are we thinking? What's impacting that thought? Um, and now I work in marketing. So how do you um, kind of influence that behavior um so traveling you just get to know how different people think what does their day-to-day life look like what are kind of the influences on that like is um just how is the whole environment around them impacting them? So, I really love the people aspect of it like talking to people from different countries. What are they thinking about? You get very different perspectives, especially on the United States. Um, so, I think that's one thing being from the States you really miss out on is you get one perspective. And I mean, now it's kind of two perspectives, but we won't get into that. Um, but going, I remember um talking to someone from Lithuania about Russia and their thoughts on Russia were so different than mine just from being from the United States. And I was like, oh wow, like I didn't even consider these points of view. So you just learn such a different perspective. And then um I won't get started on the food of other countries. So
0: <laughs> you say the the food then did you say?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? One of the things I love about I guess you mentioned I'll I'll come on to the points that you've just made that, but Food and travel, I, I just have to, tra- you have to. Don't, a place like India, you said you went to India. How, oh, how can you not like the food when you go? And China as well. You yeah. know, I, I think I remember I went to a place called Xi'an. Xi'an, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. And it was street food. Actually, I remember we went out for street food the last day before we left Morocco. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't, actually, I don't remember. I don't, don't think that street food in Morocco was that great, actually. I can't remember it being... Very good. Um,
1: I remember it being outstanding.
0: No, Moroccan food, by the way, they generally tagines, aren't they? And to get street food, you know, it's not not great. But I remember the street food in China, and it was like the ramen, fresh ramen, and it was like 80 cents, um, but a lot of money over there. Oh, it was just – I kept going back and back and back, and you just love the fact that you don't get this in, the, let's say, the United States or the UK. Uh, so I could, I could literally – have my itinerary based around food.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I remember going to Thailand and there was this guy and he was kind of the bigger guy and he was just sitting around this huge pot of pad thai and he was stripping, sweat in and mixing it. And it was a dollar for this massive plate of pad thai. And I was like, I got to try it. Like, I know I'm going to get sick. Like, I know I will. But it was the best thing I've ever had. And it was a dollar. It's like, you can't, you can't beat that
0: when you try some of these because when i first started well i first went away when i was six and we were away for like three months but i remember getting sick then and then years later but i think that makes you stronger so your your immune systems get stronger so now i can eat anything and i can when i went to india a couple of years ago i was drinking the tap water and i didn't realize oh, I like, oh my god i just drank the tap water there but it didn't affect my stomach because over the years your stomach's gets used to it. I also remember when I went to Africa, I was drinking the local water as well. Uh, So things like that, your body gets used to, your immune system gets gets really strong. And, but yeah, the food is absolutely vital when you go traveling. And if people who don't travel often and, try the cuisines in you know let's say their own countries it's not the same it's it's just not you know you get it's like a different palette altogether i always say they westernize it for us uh, so indian food here or chinese food or whatever it's not not exactly the same and also the points that you made before as well by the way about how it gives you different perspective uh, so someone you spoke to who was lithuania uh, from lithuania uh, about russia uh you had a different i guess it's it's, it's Educational. That's what I love about traveling. So I go away, something I didn't know about. You talk to someone different. You're like, oh yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. So mm-hmm. it's learning along the way. And it's not sometimes when people think, oh, you're just going for the fun sakes. It's not, you know, you're going over to a place and it's all about learning. And, and that's part and parcel of why I love traveling anyway.
1: Yeah, and I think something that doesn't really impact you could be completely fundamental in someone else's life. So I remember going to Cambodia, not knowing about the Khmer Rouge or anything that's happened there. And it's like, you learn so much and it's like every single person in Cambodia knows about it, knows what happened. Um, Their life was directly impacted by this. And it's like, you talk to any American and, maybe one out of 10 of them know even what it is. And it's like, that's just so life-changing to see what some of those people went through and walking through the killing fields and, um, kind of going to anger Wat and seeing it. It's just, you learn so much so quickly. And then you see how the whole economic system of that country has changed. And, um, you can just see it in people of how they're, um, how their whole persona is, it's been affected by things that have happened in this country. Or you go to China and you see the impact that, um, that has been done there over years. And you see how people talk. And I remember asking, um, I was in Tiananmen square and I asked my tour guide about it. And he just like, he shut down. He was like, I, I, I can't talk about that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like this is very interesting. Cause you like, you knew, I knew he knew, but he knew that he couldn't say anything. Um, So that was very interesting to see, like just how people have been impacted by the world around them.
0: Coming back to me, I think I actually spoke to you about Cambodia uh, when we were last traveling. And Cambodia for me was a very, very uh, impactful journey, especially the killing fields. I think that was the very first time. And I've spoken about this. I've spoken um, about the fact that it changed the way it, i approached life uh, on my other shows and I, I think when you see i think it i remember the tour guide that i had explained when there was killings going on and especially about the kids uh you can't not or feel for it you see and i mean co- <laughs> there was times when as you were saying there's some there'd be like one one in ten people in the u.s that's the, probably the same same thing in the uk where they won't know what the history um and I think ignorance obviously is a bit of a bliss I guess it will be our jobs to come back and I I guess educate others and um tell them oh this is what's happening over there because as I just said to you traveling not is isn't all about having fun and um it's about as I said learning
1: yeah and I don't like you can't fix the problems that are going on and I I know missions trips are a really big thing where I grew up, and it's like you're not gonna make a huge impact over there, but knowing about it and being able to spread awareness, I think is a huge step because like ninety percent or ninety five percent of people don't know what happened, then nothing's ever gonna be done, and it's like it's not our job to step in there, maybe it is, and it's but just understanding how people think and being able to relate on them with a the different level so Um, If you meet someone from Cambodia later in life, like knowing the history of what has happened in that country can help you better relate to a person. And I think to me, it's just that knowledge base and being able to spread that and having those educated conversations with people. So I've had numerous conversations about Cambodia and it's almost like anyone who's been there understands what you're understanding and you can be able to talk about. And so it just opens up a very different aspect of your life.
0: You mentioned Antarctica. You've actually conquered the entire seven continents now. So um, was that actually, a, 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 did you want to do that? Or did it just happen, you know, the fact that you've, you've done all seven continents?
1: I really wanted to do all seven continents. Antarctica was just so intriguing to me about how there haven't been that many people going. It's risky getting there. It just seems so interesting to me. And I thought, wow, I got to do it now before I don't have the chance to do it. Before it's either um, like too touristy, you can't get there. I have family and kids and I don't want to kind of spend all that money going. So I was like, I got to get there now. Um, And I'm so thankful that I did. By far the best place I've ever been.
0: Antarctica, it's it's on top of your list?
1: Yeah, it's the top of my list. There's nothing that matches it. It's so untouched. They had so many... so when you go, you go with a bunch of scientists. So you have someone who studies birds. Um, you have someone who studies like ice formation. You have somebody who studies water life, like different people that you can go and you can just pick their brains about it. So they had lessons on different types of penguins and how to identify the different penguins. They're ha- like how they interact, different types of birds. And they showed us different um, bird watching um tips and tricks and how to capture them on camera. So it was just so educational, but then um, the place itself is Antarctica is self-governing and all the countries come together to protect Antarctica, and they were very, very strict on what you could do. So anytime that you left the boat, you had to thoroughly wash your boots, make sure you're washed off, make sure you're not bringing anything on the continent, and then not bringing anything back onto the boat to be um, kind of moved from one part of Antarctica to the next. So you had to wash your boots multiple times. Um, So the preservation aspect was very, very interesting. I would absolutely love to go back.
0: I, I've not been. I, I know the, the biggest issue with a lot of people going, it, as you mentioned before, is the expense. It's not cheap to get to Antarctica. And I think you can only go from certain parts of the world. So you'd have to fly into, let's say, South America. I think Africa is the other place. Uh, so it's not easy. and it, So it becomes very expensive. And I think the reason why it's so expensive is because not many go. And I don't think actually they can, could, they, could they have, influx of people going or does it have to be a limit in in terms of how many people can go
1: it depends um i know flying there is a lot more risky than taking a boat um so they don't recommend you fly into antarctica i think if they would open that up more and be able to make it a little less risky then you would see a lot higher influx of people but it is time consuming as well so you have to do sit in a boat for two days out and two days back. So you're already at four days to get there. Um, And then you can only have as many people as the boats. And then they have so many um, regulations of how many people can land a day. So the boat that I was on, I think it was 300 people, but only 150 could be on the Island at once. So what they did is half of the group would go on these little kind of speed boats and like, tour around, be able to see like sea life. So we saw whales and that sort of thing. Or you could do like kayaking and paddle boarding. So half the people had to be on the water. And then the other half could actually go along the shore. And they did two landing attempts a day. So you had two chances to go on land a day and then two chances to be in the water a day. Um, so there are a lot of regulations. So there were bigger boats that went down there, um, but they couldn't land on the island because it was just there 150 people it's it's not a lot of people when you have one of these massive cruise ships and i felt like that wasn't a great experience for those people because landing and actually being like i stepped foot on antarctica was such a big deal to me that um i think that will limit how many people go
0: you see it on tv is it mainly igloos and lots of penguins around <laughs> is that is that what it is
1: I didn't see one igloo when I was there, oh, really? um, <laughs> No igloos, but um, tons of penguins. Oh my goodness. I remember asking someone who had been there before I went, did you see any penguins? And they just laughed at me and they were like, you're going to see so many penguins. You're sick of it. And you do. You just see penguins upon penguins upon penguins and different types of penguins. So I think there's four types of penguins that live on Antarctica. So everyone's trying to see all four. I saw three of the four. Um, But penguins smell awful, and nobody tells you about it. (laughs) They smell awful, but um, because they're a bird and they—I mean—they poop all over the place. And but they're absolutely fantastic. But one thing I would warn everyone: it doesn't smell the best.
0: Any other memorable places that sticks into your mind?
1: I love. Um, Asia just because it is so different than the United States. uh, That one is one that it's just so different and then different parts of Asia are just so different from each other. So you get russia compared to india compared to china compared to southeast asia it's like every country is so vastly different i thought that was very intriguing
0: for, for me as well asia i have to say it's my favorite continent although when i f- went to i don't know have you been to like the middle of africa and further down south of africa
1: i have not i would love to go so that's high on my list of next places to go
0: well, when I, so I thought Asia was, and then when I went down to Africa a few years back, um, it like opened up my eyes to like, oh my goodness. But it, it, it's so different. And a lot of people, there's misconceptions again about it not being safe. Um, but until you go, you're not going to know. So that's another thing actually when it comes to traveling, you know, there's always these misconceptions about places. And then when you go, it's like, well, what were people worried about? What will you know, unless you go, you're not going to know, are you?
1: Yeah, I have this safety concern come up from people all the time. But I mean, I live in Philadelphia. It's, it, it's not the safest place here. Like I could walk, like we have shootings. We have that sort of things. Like you're not going to get that in other countries. Like I, the safety thing, I think people place safety out of fear. Um. So when you, when you don't know about something, it's easier to just make, like, oh, it's not safe. But I've never really felt that unsafe in other countries. Um, but, I mean, people are very afraid of what they fear and what they don't know.
0: By the way, you're actually a, a fearless solo traveler from when I first met you. You've traveled alone to many different places around the world. I remember you telling me a story about when you were stopped at, stopped at an airport. And there was I think one of the guys said to you, um how come they've stopped you you know and you were saying actually because i'm female i'm alone and i'm traveling there's actually a lot of them i get stopped more
1: i always get stopped at the airport like all the time i'm always checked and i i think i'm flagged somewhere somehow but i buy a lot of one-way tickets um by myself and i think that triggers it of why is she buying one-way tickets and i've been to a lot of places that don't have the best relations with the United States or have kind of a like a peaked interest with the United States. So like Russia, Israel, China, like some of those places, I think having a one-way ticket to those places is a little bit of a red flag.
0: <laughs> I guess when you, when you have traveled solo, uh, it's easier, have you found it? Because when I travel solo, I find it easier to make friends. Um, people always think, oh, you're traveling alone have uh, you got no friends? You sometimes get that by the way. And you're like, no, 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 no. When you travel solo, you actually get, it's a chance for you to actually meet others and become friends with them. So I don't think that people just don't understand that.
1: You're forced out of your comfort zone. So I think you're forced one to deal with your own thoughts. So you're, you're alone most of the time. So you have to um, develop a really good sense of yourself. And I think that's one really important aspect of the solo traveling of being comfortable with being alone and being comfortable with the silence. But then you're also forced to make friends. You're forced to talk to others. You're forced to kind of push out of your comfort zone. So if you're kind of craving conversation, you just have to talk to someone and you have to make that first approach and Most times people love to talk and people are like, yeah, like, uh, let me talk to you. Like, oh, you're not from around here. Um, Let me share some experience with you. And people really love to talk. Um, But you're definitely forced because if you go, I've gone on trips with friends before and you just sit with your friends and you go and tour, you have a great time and you enjoy each other's company, but you're not experiencing where you're at. Um, You're experiencing each other. And it's just a very different type of travel
0: yeah absolutely and, and that's one of the reasons why i still love traveling solo because the chance of meeting someone um remotely similar to you yeah I, I always say sometimes you have to go a thousand miles to meet someone similar like you and you don't meet them sometimes on your own doorstep which is sometimes a little bit sad but because you're going to get those like-minded people who, who are going to go to s- these places and that's where you meet that's where there's chemistry and i feel as a you attract these types of people when you go away that sounded a bit too maybe um i was gonna say idealistic but it's not it, it is it generally does happen so um can i ask you also um in terms of because i remember you were a massive photographer when you were going out you take a lot of photographs uh when you travel are you still doing that
1: I take quite a few. Um, every time I go, I mean, I take thousands and thousands. I don't think I'm a great photographer. So I go kind of the the quantity over quality, um, just because, you know, if you snap a thousand pictures, maybe one will be great. But I love just being able to look back and kind of going back into that moment of time. I think photo. there's so much that you forget down the road and years later and then if you look at a photo it comes right back to you and you're like oh wow like that was really cool like that was such a fun experience so I just love capturing the moment
0: one thing I have to credit you for I remember when we were in Morocco and remember you were taking photos with, with a from the back of your head and uh, then you said to me no 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 if, if you'd sometimes take a photograph on the back of your head um, you don't know what they're thinking. You can't see their face. Uh, and then you could only see the uh, the landscape or whatever. It's actually, you can tell, you, you just don't know there's that uncertainty. So when you said that to me, I thought, well, oh, actually, maybe I could try that. And then I actually have to thank you because when I, when I first, and I remember you said, don't do it like I do. Maybe do something, maybe put your hands up or something. So I, I when I went to Peru later on that year in 2016, um, and then, and, and I have told people about how, um, the, have you, I know, actually you've been to Peruvian, you where did they tell you about, this is how an alpaca is, that's how you d- differentiate an alpaca to an al- uh no, sorry, that's a llama and that's an alpaca because alpacas are bigger and llamas are smaller. Did they okay. tell
1: no,
0: I didn't see that. Yeah. So, one of the guys told me that's how you can tell the difference. I was like, oh, okay. So, And I saw a lot of people putting their hands up, you know, doing that as like saying, oh, alpaca time and stuff. So, uh-huh. so I thought I'd do, I'll, I'll stick my hand up and then take a picture from the back of my head. And so I did that. I said, oh, this is alpaca. And then obviously, that's a very rock on sign, isn't it? So,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, so everyone kept saying, oh, you're doing the rock and roll sign when you, when you, I said, oh, actually, no, I wasn't. I was doing the alpaca. <laughs> so <in> the
1: alpaca.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was in the alpaca, uh, or the or the um or the or the llama. Uh, so every time now I do it, I always say it's an alpaca moment for me. But then I I did it with when I did the seven wonders of the world, I did it in all the seven wonders of the world, and it, it the pictures all came out, you know, cor- you know, well. I uh, So I got to thank
1: you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I started it a while ago. I remember one day I just. I had no makeup on. I wasn't feeling my face. I was like, all right, take a picture of me, but like, I'm going to look out in the distance because like, I just don't look great today. And so I took a picture like that. I was like, Oh, I love this. Like, it's kind of fun. Like you're, you're observing what's behind you. Sometimes I feel like if you're looking at the camera, like the beautiful thing that's behind you, you're just seeing the camera. Like I want it to be like, I'm admiring this beautiful thing in front of me. Um, So it kind of just shifted from that. And now I have pictures in so many places in this one pose. So I I need to do it. My goal is to take all the pictures together and then kind of do like a slideshow. So the background keeps changing, but I've remained relatively the same um, and showing all the different places that I've been.
0: Actually, I remember you, you said that to me four years back or five years back that that's, that was your plan. I've, I've been waiting for those to come out, but it hasn't <laughs> come out. <by> <laughs> <then>. <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting for it. Uh, I'll be anticipating it um, very soon. Do you, are you going to be traveling in 2021? Have you got any plans for 2021 to travel? You if you can, that is by the way.
1: <laughs> um, so I recently got engaged and.
0: Congratulations. We-
1: Thank you. Um, we're going to have our wedding abroad. Um, so that will probably be my next travel
0: destination, a destination wedding, hey?
1: Yeah. So we're thinking most likely Barcelona, Spain. Um, but
0: is is that in 2000, is that going to be in 2021
1: or it'll be in 2022, but we'll need to travel to see the venue and that sort of thing. Um, and then maybe hop around Europe a little bit, um, while we're over there. So that will probably be 2021 and 2022.
0: Okay. So you'd be, I guess you'd be traveling sometime in 2021 and then decide which venue you're going to go to in 2022. That sounds pretty awesome. And congrats, I said to you, congratulations by the way, uh, on your engagement. Yeah. So, uh, I believe it, his name's Kevin, is that correct? Yes,
1: Kevin.
0: I've had a lot of uh, guests come on my show who travel a lot. And a lot of them are single and, um, They say it's difficult finding – when you travel a lot, I think the mindset is always, oh, no, if I get – if I settle down, will I be able to travel? Sometimes there's no – and so there's a bit of a – I seem to see – there seems to be a problem. I think one of my guests, uh, she's quite a well-known – she was telling me about – it's just the way it's happened you know you go on I think she was saying she went on like 12 trips in 12 months and everyone thought oh at the end of the 12 months you know you're going to be with someone and it doesn't work well it doesn't work like that you see so um so I I guess from what I've realized is you have to put a lot of emphasis into it so if you're committed to travel you also have to commit to a relationship you can't just think it's going to happen overnight sort of thing so um I guess you didn't have that issue. I think you always sort of, I remember when I met you, I think you were, uh, were thinking of not settling down, by the way, but you wanted to settle in the future. I think even when you've got that mindset, I think you'll always attract someone.
1: I think a lot of people think of traveling as like, oh, I need to get my traveling in while I'm single, and then I'll settle down with someone. And they think of it as like an either or situation. I never really quite thought of that. I thought, this is who I am. This is what I love to do. And I want someone to come into that and be a partner with me in it. So um, like Kevin has never told me not to travel. So I've done, I did Antarctica by myself while dating him. Um, I did Patagonia. I did um, Norway, Iceland. I did multiple trips while I've been dating him, but we've also done trips together. So he moved to Maine. So we go up there together and um, kind of do hiking trips together. So I think it's one of those things of you can now share those experiences together, but you don't have to give up that solo travel either. But um, he's been nothing but supportive. So every time I come home, he like will bring me chocolate and um, welcomes me back. And he wants to hear all about my trips. So very, very supportive of my travels, but also wants to be there along my side. So when we were talking about getting married abroad, Um, I said, you know, I really want to do a destination wedding because I love traveling. He was like, that would be so fun. Like our whole family can come and experience what you want, like to experience. So just being very supportive and not having it to be like an either or situation and, um, to not settle for something that will be that either or situation
0: anything outside of the world of travel that you like to do hobbies, hobbies wise, apart from your photography?
1: I have so many hobbies. I am a hobby fanatic. So as you can tell, I have lots of plants. I love plants. I love gardening. I do carpentry. So I've, um, I started a small carpentry business. So I'll make, I made like my dining room table. I'll make wall art. So I love carpentry. I've tried knitting, um, over quarantine. I tried watercolor. So I have, watercolor sets next to me over here um but well, actually you,
0: you just reminded that. me actually the watercolors you actually sent me one um I
1: did. <laughs> yes
0: uh, i've got it here i'll, I'll show you I'll, I'll bring it on camera in a second to show people how did that happen actually i think you put out a post saying who wants my watercolor so i said i'll have one i'll have hope weaver's <laughs> watercolor. before she becomes famous and uh, super rich and stuff so um and i got it i think you sent it but it took I think months before, because I think it was during lockdown and right? it took like months before I got it. I was like, oh my God, well, I've just got you all. And you were like, oh yeah, I sent that about a couple of months ago. I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: the board, and I wanted to watercolour and I was like, I have no need for all of these watercolours. So I sent them to different people. So that was fun.
0: Where was the furthest you sent those watercolours?
1: Definitely you. <laughs> what
0: Was it? Across <laughs> the Atlantic, which is great.
1: Yes, I think I sent one to Spain maybe, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> Apart from you getting married. What else would you like to conquer? Um in terms of the world of travel.
1: Really want to see Petra. That one's really high on my list. Um also that's
0: amazing. Like- you love that by the way.
1: hmm when I saw your pictures, I was like, oh, I gotta go <laughs> off my list. Um I think that's the only is that a wonder of the world?
0: Yes it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: think that's the only wonder that I'm missing. So oh, I'm- okay my wonders of the world.
0: It's difficult to get there unless you pay. So I actually drove. Now, I don't recommend you driving because it's not it, it's not ideal. Um, I remember they don't really observe the highway code or, or, or road safety. So I remember really struggling to, because um, they, drive, they drive like maniacs over there, but um, you can get a taxi up, but it can be quite expensive because uh, you've got to go to, Amman first which is the capital so you fly in there you don't fly into petra Mm -hmm. so you fly into Amman and then you can either take a taxi or i i just paid for a a car and then if you do hire a car one of the benefits is you can go to this wadi ram as well there's a couple of other places you can go to so it depends really i don't recommend people driving because it's not safe but then it's it's up to yourself how um you might have driven in India or whatever and it's crazy over there. So if you're, if you're used to it then yeah, no, no, if you're used to it, then, then, then go. But, uh, but once you do go there, it is spectacular. It, it feels like you are in Indiana Jones, in one of the Indiana Jones movies, you know, with, uh, you go up and, and we did, they actually call it the Indiana Jones, um, hike. So you can hike up to the spot where, um, I can't, remember, what's the actor's name? Oh, uh,
1: okay. Um, I can't remember it. Um,
0: What's his name? I, I've forgotten the actor's name, but you know, the actor who plays Indiana Jones, you, you go up there and you can view it from that side and stuff. So, um, it's worth it. I think you have to pay an extra for that. Actually, I think I paid some like extra $20 to, to do so. So I remember the admissions weren't cheap either. It was like $50 to, to go in as well. So, uh, but you absolutely love it when you do go. So you should definitely go as, as soon. So I think you can buy visas. I don't know about Americans. I know you can buy visas on the, in the airport anyway, um yeah. and i remember actually it was quite it's weird because they kept they, i got the visa went in did everything i was leaving and they kept asking me where the hell did, where did i get my visa from i was like uh, i got it from you guys <laughs> so um it sometimes they do check in i remember said, they were saying, have you got any other id and i had my driver's license so uh-huh. i gave my driver's license and they were checking it with like a magnifying glasses to see if it was genuine checking my passport to see if it was genuine so i think Again, that solo aspect of traveling. Sometimes I think, why is he traveling solo to a country like Jordan on his own? You know, all sorts of things go through their minds, don't they? And um, but you'd like it anyway. A few
1: other places I would like to go in that area. Um, but again, I don't know if I want to go necessarily by myself, but we'll see how it goes
0: well hope thank you very much for coming on uh hopefully i can see you very soon and again congratulations on the engagement and uh, i look forward to seeing the wedding pictures
1: thank you thank you thank you for having me on i've really appreciated this so it's nice to talk about my travels so thanks
0: you can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms the details are in the description That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.